Thanks for joining us here at AG Kolkata. We are the church for the open arms and we serve in the city of joy, Kolkata. It is our desire to reach out to those in need and to be instruments of effective change in a hurting world. If you like to learn more about us, you can simply go to www.agkolkata.org. We hope that you'll enjoy today's message. There is nothing that can substitute the presence of God. Amen. Amen. You know, I keep reminding myself there is no place that I would rather be on a Sunday. Unless that, you know, there's something that I could not avoid to be here in the presence of God. Jesus is in the house. Amen. And he's doing some marvelous work already this morning. We believe that life is full of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ask somebody else and somebody else asks you. So this morning, let me begin asking a question. Okay, And uh, you don't have to respond to that right away. But my question to you is that uh, how many of us love God? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay, You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, the response would be overwhelming, especially from those of us who are followers of Jesus. That is the central point of our relationship with God, isn't it? Now, the Word of God tells us, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. But there is an equally important question that we need to ask ourselves. And that question is, how many of us love God's word? I'm afraid there may not be an overwhelming response like the first question that I asked you. Now, we all understand that there is a difference between reading God's word and loving God's word. You see, reading God's word points to an obligation. But loving God's word points to an obsession. Love is a very strong word. If you haven't already you know, discovered that, love is a very strong word. A word that says something has captured my affection and will. To describe this, John Stott, a great uh, scholar and theologian, uh, put it in such a beautiful way, this truth. He says like this, a man who loves his wife will love her letters and her photographs because they speak to him of her. So if we love the Lord Jesus... We shall love the Bible because it speaks to us of him. Isn't it so beautiful? Why do we love the Bible? You know, the Bible is indeed God's love letter to us. We love God's word because we love him. Because we love him. This morning, I'm sure that if I had given this mic to each one of you and you would have responded, yes, I love God deeply. And because we love God, we also love His Word. 
So this morning, for the rest of the time that we have together, I want us to learn three things from the psalmist's declaration when he declares in Psalm 119, verse 97. It's just a one-line phrase or statement that he declares. And we're going to take that this morning as a topic, as a theme, and learn from it. He says, Oh, how I love your word. Oh, how I love your word. You see, friends, when the psalmist, there is so much in this one phrase or sentence of the psalmist. The truth that he's sharing about his own life. Oh, how I love your word. There is so much to unpack. And so this morning, I'm going to unpack it in three ways. Now, when the psalmist says, oh, how I love your word. First of all, it speaks of the psalmist's priority. See, first of all, we need to understand, friends, the author of Psalm 119 is unknown. But the psalmist was not a super spiritual person. Okay, Somehow we feel when we read the psalm, these guys had been, or the person who penned down these psalms, are some super spiritual person, no people of God. They were just ordinary people, then, and the psalmist was an ordinary man. He was an ordinary man who loved God and his word. The psalmist was not just only an ordinary man, but also a busy man. But he made the word of God his ultimate priority. The fact this morning, friends, is we do live in a busy world. And there is so much to be done each day. Do you agree with me? We live in a busy world. Life is so busy. It's hectic. One schedule to another schedule. This to be taken care of. That's to be taken care of. Uh, all of this is a part of life. And it is legitimate. There is so much to be done. But what the psalmist is pointing out in all that you need to do. Make time for the word of God. In all that you need to do, make time for the word of God. You see, friends, the greatest thing that we can do for ourselves is to make the word of God the anchor for everything concerning our lives. That's the greatest thing that we can do for our life, to make the word of God the anchor for everything in our lives. So time spent in God's word and prayer can never be the second choice. It ought to be the first choice. It ought to be the first choice. And the psalmist had discovered this friend. And therefore he records in Psalm 119 the blessing that God's word had been in his life. Now, I would request you to read Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Hmm? Uh, but it's worth as you read it. If you cannot read it in one sitting, I would request you to read it. Take some time. Read a few verses, then go back. Take a break. Read a few verses. If you can read it in one sitting, it's good. Uh, but it is a chapter that will bless you. 
even as it's blessed the psalmist you know it's not only the psalmist that is saying about god's word the apostle paul made the same emphasis when he wrote to timothy his spiritual son or son in faith and he wrote in second timothy chapter 2 verse 15 and he said study to show yourself approved unto god a workman that needs not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth you see friends sometimes we read all of these verses and we say oh he's talking about reading god's word but when paul told Timothy to study God's word it conveys a thought and that thought is be diligent be intense be committed to God's word and Paul's exhortation to Timothy is make the word of God an utmost priority in your life there are a couple of insights that the psalmist mentions in this psalm about the uniqueness of god's word and let me quickly unpack that for us first of all the psalmist says god's word is eternal look at verse 89 he says your word o lord is eternal it stands firm in the heavens you see friends the truth is everything else in this world comes with an expiry date except god and his word do you agree with me everything else comes with an expiry date including you and me i don't want to talk about that this morning that's not my message but everything comes with an expiry date except god's word and god himself friend In fact Matthew chapter 24 verse 35 Jesus said these words heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away and the apostle Peter uses the thoughts of Isaiah when he writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 24 he says all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field and then he says the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of the lord stands forever a simple yet profound truth expressed here is friends god's word will last longer than this world god's word will last longer than this world therefore jesus is saying something here and we should not miss out jesus is saying you can bank you can trust upon my word isn't so powerful friends why do we take scripture and talk about it sunday morning why are we encouraging each other to study god's word why are we saying what the psalmist is saying oh how i love your word is because god's word is trustworthy friends you and i can depend upon god's word so first of all the uniqueness of god's word is is eternal secondly god's word is enlightening look at verses 98 and 99 he says your commands make me wiser huh how many of us cry out lord give me wisdom give me knowledge here is it 
says your commands make me wiser i have more insight than all my teachers for i meditate on your statutes you see friends when we open the bible god's word we find the author of the bible speaking to us the holy spirit makes the truth of the word of god alive to our hearts there's a great servant of god called alexander mclaren and he said these words it's so beautiful i love it he said these he who has the holy spirit in his heart and the scriptures in his hands has all he needs amen we have god's word given to us we have it with us in our homes in our hands nowadays it's more easier you can carry it in your phones you know all of it is right there it's made it so easy and when you have the holy spirit in your hearts and the scriptures in your hand you don't need to be afraid of anything you have it all that you need for your life the point here is friends as we read god's word it transforms us inside out inside out there's never a person who has come sincerely to the word of god and as they opened the word of god it enlightened them the holy spirit had quickened them and they were changed and changed forever friends because that's what the word of god does it takes the word of god and as it enters us it transforms us inside out god's word is enlightening thirdly god's word is empowering look at verse 46 he says like this i will speak of your statutes before kings and will not be put to a shame you see the word empower means to give authority to and the word of god gives us authority to proclaim its message to others and when we share from the word of god to others friends it is the authority of god's word given to us as we proclaim it we are able to claim the promises of god for ourselves and for others because god's word gives us authority for example i'm sure that you have done this and i have done this we have claimed this promise for ourselves and we have encouraged others with this promise and that promise is be still and know that i am god in a difficult moments of our lives or others life we have used this promise of god and said be still and know that i am god what we are doing friends is taking the authority of god's word as we declare this promise to ourselves and to others friends be still and know that i am god see friends when we speak these promises when we speak the word of god we speak as the one coming the word coming from the living god we speak on his behalf 
In fact, Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 you know, God puts it so beautifully. He says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose. God's word, when we declare it, it gives us a power to declare it. And it never comes back to God empty. It accomplishes. It achieves the purpose, friends. Now, God chooses us to be his mouthpiece and he entrusts his word to us. I don't know if that amazes you or not, friends. Unworthy people like us, you know, frail and weak people like us and God gives us his word in our mouths as we take it and as we declare his promise. This is exactly what the prophets did. They stood before people. They stood before the nation of Israel. They stood before the kings and authorities. And they brought this word and said, Thus said the Lord. The empowering of God's word. Now the word of God has enough power, friends. You need to understand to touch Heal, transform, bring hope and assurance to those you speak the word to. It has enough power. You don't have to do anything in yourself, in your flesh. It is God's spirit. God's word has enough power. But here is something that you need to be aware of. And I speak to myself too. For God's word... To be in your mouth, your life must be in his hand. For God's word to be in your mouth, before we declare, before we take the word of God and speak it out, because of the power, your life must be in his hand. So we've seen the uniqueness of God's word. But when the psalmist says, oh, how I love your word, it not only speaks about the psalmist's priority, it also speaks about the psalmist's passion, friend. You know, Psalm 119 reveals the heart of the psalmist who has a tremendous love for God's word. The psalmist, as you read the psalm, repeatedly makes mention of how much he loves the word of God, in fact. As you read it, you cannot miss it. The deep longing, the deep passion, an obsession for God's word. As we read Psalm 19, we see words such as, repeated again and again. Law, statutes, precepts, testimonies, word, decrees and commands that the psalmist uses to refer to the word of God. Listen to the psalmist with regards to his passion and affection, friends. I've just picked up a few verses, but there are many more as you read it. Look at Psalm 119, verse 97, which we started with, which is what our topic is this morning. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. And then in verses 47 and 48, he says, I delight in your commands because I love them. I lift up my hands to your commands, which I love. 
Psalms 119 verse 100 and, uh, 113, he says, I hate double-minded men, but I love your law. Now, there are other verses that speaks about the passion and affection for the word of God from the psalmist. Look at verse 16, he says, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Verse 20 he says, my soul is consumed with a longing for your laws at all times. Verse 40 he says, I long for your precepts. And verse 103 says, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I'm sure you will agree with me this morning, friends. Unless you love something you will not enjoy it. Do you agree with me? Huh? Unless you love something, you will not enjoy it. Unless you love gadgets, you will not... We are staying in a very, very modern age, right? A lot of gadgets are available. Uh, there are some people that are of old school. You know, I'm not saying old people, okay? They not adapted. Okay, that's fine. That's okay. That's one of me also. Okay, me. And uh, but there are a lot of gadgets. Now, unless you enjoy these gadgets, unless you love, you know, these gadgets, you will not enjoy playing with it. Unless you enjoy reading, okay, or love reading, you will not enjoy a gift that is given to you by way of a book. It might land up somewhere in the shelf. You will never read it. Okay? You may read a page from there. You may read the beginning of it and the end of it. But because you don't love reading, you will not enjoy the gift that was given to you. And so this morning, friends, for the psalmist, reading, meditating, and dwelling upon the word of God was a delight. He loved it so much that he was consumed with it. And so this morning, in these verses, there is a truth that cannot be missed, friends, which the psalmist is expressing. And that is a truth that I want us to understand. Love for God is seen in our love for his word. When his people say we love God, we will also love his word. Friends, loving God and not loving his word is a contradictory claim. Do you agree with me that? Loving God and not loving his word is a contradictory claim. That we may make. But our love for the Bible is like a thermometer, friends. By which we may tell the temperature of our love for the Lord himself. And so this morning, as I share with you, my purpose is not to point my finger at anyone. Rather, my exhortation for us is to revisit our love for God's word, friends. Can you and I this morning say like the psalmist said, Oh, how I love your word. Can we say that this morning? How can we love God's word? Very simple. Know and love the author of the word. Give time to God's word. 
set it before you constantly. If you're not able to give time at one time, the breaks that you get, just let the word of God come before you. Give a listening ear to God's word. God speaks to us, as I said, and as you listen to the voice of God, God will begin to make his word alive. Give your obedience, friends. See, it's very important that you love the word of God because your love for God's word will help you in many ways. But this morning, I want to just, because of the brevity of time, mention two of it. Our love for God helps us. One of the way your love for God will help you is, friend, it will keep you focused. You see, the psalmist had to face many challenges like you and me. Somehow we feel all of the world's problems and challenges are right here in the 21st century. No, friends. As we read the word, you'll find out the psalmist too had to face life's challenges each day. And even as we look at it, we find the first challenge that he faces is there was the sin struggle. The sin struggle. How many of us can identify with that? The sin struggle. We live in a world, a fallen world. You know, no matter how much we love God, we step out, we find there is a sin struggle that goes on outside. There is a temptation that comes to us. And the psalmist faced the same thing. Because in verse 11, he writes like this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He's not denying there was a sin struggle. What he is saying is that I have hidden God's word. And when I faced the struggle of sin, temptation in my life, God's word helped me. It came forward. I was able to get victory. I was able to protect myself from submitting to that temptation. That's why he's saying, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Secondly, he faced criticism from authorities. You know, we come crying to each other sometimes. Oh, this person criticized me. That person criticized me. You know, my boss criticized me. And it was so real, even for the psalmist friend. Look at verse 23. He says, Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. You know, God's word helped him to cope up in times when he faced criticism from people. And thirdly, we find out the psalmist faced discouragement. And low self-esteem, you know, is something real that happens to all of us from time to time where we face discouragement in life, friends. But he goes on to write like this, I am laid low in the dust. I recounted my ways and you answered me. In his time of discouragement and when he faced low self-esteem, it's the word of God that helped him. To stand firm. Secondly, your love for God's word will keep you fresh. It will keep you fresh. You see, the psalmist, when he says, Oh, how I love your word, 
speaking of himself. He is not speaking of someone else, friends. He is not saying, I used to love your word. He is not saying, one day I will love your word. He is describing how he feels about God's word now. And so he declares, oh, how I love your word. Then Psalm 60, verses 62, we get a beautiful glimpse of the freshness that the psalmist was living each day with. The fresh relationship with God. Look at it, what he says in verse 62. He says, at midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. And at midnight, all of us are sleeping, right? Uh, unless you had a special assignment you are doing. Most of the time at midnight, we sleep. Okay, now I'm not saying that God will not wake you up at midnight to pray. I'm not saying that God will not wake you up to read something that he's burdening you to read. But what I'm saying here is, friend, most of the time, if you're not fresh, you might feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit to do something that he is reminding you to do, but you'll turn around to the other side and you'll sleep. That is the difference between the freshness walking with God, the freshness of God in your life. And so he writes, at midnight I rise to give you thanks for your righteous law. There are two indicators, friend, as we look at this verse. He says, only when your relationship is fresh with God that you would be able to enjoy talking to God, whether it's in the night or it's in the day. The second thing is a heart of thanksgiving as is an indicator of your spiritual health and freshness. You know, there are many, many people who have lost this joy in their heart, a heart of thanksgiving, because they are struggling with what they are going through. They have not handed over everything to Jesus. They have not invited Jesus to come and take complete control of what they are going through. And so they are struggling with many things in life, friends. And so they lost the joy of the Lord. As a result, they don't have a heart of thanksgiving. But a heart of thanksgiving speaks to us that you, your spiritual health, my spiritual health, you know, the freshness that is there in our life. So it keeps you focused. It keeps you fresh. See, when the psalmist says, Oh, how I love your word. The last thing that he talks about is the psalmist practice. You know, all of us know this morning, friends, the word of God is active. It's powerful. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active. You know, one of the commentators put, put it so beautifully. He says, God's word informs, transforms, and conforms us to his image. And so the psalmist experienced this in his life. He experienced a transformation, a change, as he loved the word of God, as he dwelt upon the word of God. You see, friends, that is reflected here in this psalm. Reading, meditating, loving God's word made the psalmist live a life 
of obedience the psalmist understood that because in verse 4 and 5 he writes you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed and then he says oh that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees what is he saying in the first part he's saying there is no question about whether obeying or not obeying god's word he said your word must be obeyed but in the second part of it is saying i am human i am struggling please help me to be steadfast with your word lord help me to be steadfast with your word you see friends the psalmist understood that loving god's word and obeying god's word goes together loving god's word and not obeying god's is another contradictory claim that we make friends in fact james tells us when we love god's word but not obey it we cheat ourselves we deceive ourselves he writes in james chapter 1 verse 22 he says do not merely listen to god's word and so deceive yourself do what it says do what it says james further tells us that obeying god's word brings us blessing try it friends this morning i am not saying it it's the word of god that is saying as you begin to obey god's word you'll see the blessing of god upon your life look at james chapter 1 verse 25 he says but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard but doing it he will be blessed in what he does he will be blessed in what he does in fact in psalm 119 verse 44 the psalmist gives us a beautiful insight of his commitment to obey god's word and i want you to listen to it because we're going to close with this he says i will always obey your law forever and ever wait a minute pause earlier he talked about his struggles help me lord to be steadfast but here he's making a commitment as frail as he is as weak as he is the struggle that he has in his own life and he says lord i will always obey your law forever and ever the lesson that i'm asking us this morning to learn friends when we say we love god's word we need to stop and ask ourselves are we obeying what we are reading are we obeying what we are meditating and dwelling upon you see loving and obeying god's word will help you to know two things about yourself first of all it help you to know your walk with the lord look at psalms he says in verse 45 he says i will walk about in freedom for i have sought out your precepts he will walk with the lord he will walk in freedom he will walk in liberty he will walk in victory because he is walking with the lord and secondly your love and obedience to god's word will help you to worship the lord in psalm 109 was 7 119 was 7 he says i will praise you with an upright heart 
as I learn your righteous law. Friends, as you read God's word, it begins to enlighten you about this wonderful Savior who has done so much for us. He died on the cross for us. He gave his life for us. He changed our lives. He has brought us together as his body. And he begins to work and mold in us. And he gives us the freedom and liberty to worship him. When you read God's word, you discover all of these beautiful truths. Walking with God. Worshipping him. I close with this quote that I picked up, which I really, really encouraged me. And it's going to encourage you too. It says, the Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. The Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. The great evangelist, the man who blessed the world, a man of integrity, a man who lived and challenged the world and brought many to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know who I'm talking about, the great evangelist Billy Graham, said that one of his greatest regrets is that he has not studied scripture enough. He says, I wish I had studied more and preached less. People have pressured me into speaking when I should have been studying and preparing. I speak to all of our pastors here, including myself. All of our leaders seated here, care group leaders, ministry leaders, leaders that are leading people in the city. I speak to my people out here this morning, friends. There is no substitute for reading and loving God's word. I wish I knew one to recommend to you. But I recommend to you the one that I already know, what the psalmist has talked about. Oh, how I love your word. That is for you and for me. Not only to say it, but to live by it. Live by it. You will see your life taking a different turn. You will see the excitement and joy as you begin to practice this. Loving God's word. You will begin to love Jesus more. You will begin to love one another more. You will begin to enjoy what you are doing more. Because God's word touches us to the core of our hearts. And changes us from inside out. That is the power of God's word. Thanks for listening to this message from AG Kolkata. We hope you would stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram by using at AGC Kolkata. We would love to know how this message has touched your life. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing us at stories at agkolkata.org. Hope you have a great week ahead.